Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where nerd culture collides with hip hop. Tell them it one more time. Oh, some hip hop shit. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit, presented by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles, Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood, California, MeltComics.com. This is the podcast where comic book culture collides with hip hop. Today, I am going solo in terms of hosts because I got two guests in the house. This is Adam, a.k.a. Wednesday's Finest, and I am here with a virgin on the microphone. Rob, what's up? Hello, Adam. Thank you for having me. There you go. Very nice. You just, and, you just broke my cherry. Right hey, there. man. It's not, not something we want to continue to talk about. Let's just act like you've been here, okay? And then we are here with a young gentleman hailing from San Bernardino. Rep in San Bernardino came and braved highways and exit ramps. Cam Archer. How we doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Happy to be here. Yeah. So have you been to Meltdown before? I have not. I've driven by it, but I've never been inside. So what do you think? I thought, holy shit, do I have time to shop? That was my first thought. Yeah. So I kind of started walking in further. I saw like there was a studio area and I was like, I'm just going to act like I don't see it. Yeah. And yeah. Keep moving. And then Mason grabbed me. Okay. So I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> so <laughs> you are an MC. Yes. And, uh, I mean, you're like a real MC. Yes. You freestyle. Yes. You are on stage. Yes. You record songs. Yes. So you, you cover the gamut when it comes to being an MC. And hosting shows. Yeah, I do everything. All right. That's yeah. good. That's good. All right. So the credentials are here. Now, you came into a comic book store and you want to go shopping. Yeah. So what would you be shopping for? I need to catch up on Batman. Mm. I I like to wait a few months before I buy because I'm impatient. I okay. don't like to wait. And, you know, some issues are just building up. And then right when you feel like it's about to kick in, it's next month's issue. And I just don't have the patience for that. So because when I first started buying, I couldn't buy comics a lot when I was a kid. I had to wait till I was a teenager. So I was used to getting just the graphic novels, just the hardback editions mm-hmm. where it's all there for me. So are you... Are you still graphic novel or are you 
I'll do individual issues. You do individual yeah. issues. You've graduated. The last time I did, like, I waited, like, for months for each issue was probably the, the Batman rip nope. angle. I did everything for that one. Now, are you um, are you bagging and boarding afterwards? You collected oh, them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, it's how big is the collection? Not as big as it used to be. Yeah? Yeah. I lost a bit in a moving incident. It's really messy, very sad. But what, what was that <laughs> one comic that you had that you wish you did not uh, lose? Uh, was the it was in the Nightfall arc? It was the it was actually the the issue when Bane broke Batman's back, and now it's wow, gone. you had yeah. that issue. I had it. My cousins gave it to me. That's impressive, man. And it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm sure you could get it again. I'm sure you could get it again. So, anyways, I'd also like to shout out Mason Booker, the producer engineer. He's in the house here tonight. I'd also like to shout out Brando Calrissian, our missing partner in action. Um, he was at Vons when I last spoke with him, getting some groceries for the wifey. So what's up, Brandon? We miss you, but uh, we'll see you next week on some hip hop shit. So other nerd style stuff, Cam, what, what are you, are you collecting anything? I just started collecting those pop figures, man. Oh, I just, it's a, that's a bad habit. It's a very bad habit. Uh, they take up space. Yeah. And there's so damn many. There's so many. I, I got and the only reason why I started was because uh, my uncle is has like ADHD and he started building like these desks and like wall mounting things. And he like came and took a picture from my house of me and then came back with just an entire shelf with like my name carved in it and yeah. my picture. And I was like, I don't have anything to put on this damn shelf. So I was like, I started I go to a lot of Dodger games. So I was throwing Dodger bobbleheads up there and I was like, oh, well, look at this. Look at this Macho Man Randy Savage pop figure because I'm a huge wrestling fan, too. And I was like, I'm just going to throw this up there and then i was like oh look they got finn and poe they're gonna be gay together soon so i'm just gonna put this up here too <laughs> i made poe the bottom right, right and i was like, I'm gonna put this up here too and now it's just kind of spiraling because i go to frankensons a lot and oh they're man. everywhere that is deadly too that frankensons i know when do you go you go on wednesdays or you go saturdays i usually try to go wednesdays because saturdays is just so out of control is it it's, i haven't been in a while oh it's it's crazy unless you get there incredibly early Get everything you want out of the way because you're going to be parking for 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. It's, that it's, bad now? Yeah, it's bad. How, I mean, is it totally packed in terms of vendors? Yes. Vendor-wise, it stays pretty packed now. Man. For our listeners who might not be aware of Frankensons, you want to expand on what Frankensons is? I took you to Frankensons, I think, before. Yeah. It's out in the city of industry. That's what heaven looks like? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, it's everything. it's where we used to go buy hero clicks. The uh, oh my goodness, yes, that's Frankenson. That's Frankenson. So that, that was a good trip. I yeah, I, I used to get Rob to play hero clicks with me. <laughs> but he's like he's like a nerd, but not a nerd. I'm and, like a cool nerd. I'm a, I'm the kind of nerd that doesn't remember anything or know anything. Yeah, that but when is I'm true. introduced to it, I think it's really cool. Yeah. So I was like, I loved hero clicks. Did you ever play? I did not play hero clicks. But you are aware. I'm of aware it. of them. Okay. Yes. Well, collectible little figures that can mm -hmm. interact real, like with mechanics of a game. I thought mm -hmm. this was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It was Superman versus Spider-Man, and there was actually rules to the fight. And then you could collect all the figures and the variants, and it was right up my alley. I bought, I think I probably bought every set probably for the first eight or 10 sets, and now it's just in my garage, unfortunately, <laughs> but I would go to Frankenstein's when the unique ones would come mm -hmm. out. 
And, uh, yeah, it was amazing. So I, I took you out there. Yeah, it was amazing. We would uh, not talk for weeks after playing matches of arguing <laughs> because the technology wasn't quite there and, and the rules were a little ambiguous. They probably still are. But it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my stuff. So what, when you're going there, you're going for pop figures? What, what are you pop looking figures, for right now? comics. Uh, I'm... I really wish they would do a Seinfeld set of pop figures. Ooh. I would love that. They're doing Golden Girls next. I might buy that just because it's Golden Girls. Are you kidding? They're doing a They're doing Golden, a Golden Girls? Girls pop figure set, yeah. So I wow. figured why not have that? It when just did... seems interesting. It is interesting. I just can't imagine that. I think you'd be the only person buying it, but hey. Hey, would you? I'll take it. <laughs> what what Golden Girls blogs are you a part of? Uh, none yet, but if there are some, I'll join them. Then you're uh, there. Will. Yeah, I grew up having to watch that. You know, when when people are babysitting you, you have to watch everything they watch at some point. Oh my god! So from all the soap operas I used to have to watch, I used to know when everything started. I think like Young and the Restless started at like 10 a.m. because it was after the Price is Right. Man, but you yeah, are deep. I'm mm. very. I have a very. I'm a latchkey kid. So when did okay. the, when yeah. did the nerd stuff start with you? Uh, well, like that, that, well, let's put it like this. Culture nerds, I was gonna say, well, let's, well, just from right from birth. It was I, when I came out of the womb. We were watching WrestleMania. My family really? loved pro wrestling. Uh, music has been playing at some point around. I used to go to sleep with the radio on, just nonstop. Whenever I, my mom had to work all the time, so I would just come home and watch TV. That was just it. Mm. That was life. That kept me preoccupied. And as soon as I got a Sega Genesis, it was pretty much a wrap. Mm. That was. <laughs> the the end what of was your social game? life uh i had i had i didn't i couldn't afford a lot of them but i had six pack six pack came with it so it had sonic one it had super hang on streets of rage columns golden axe and revenge of shinobi which mm. i just barely beat when i was like 22 years old <laughs> because that game is ridiculously hard but uh yeah i because my neighborhood wasn't the best believe it or not san Bernardino just didn't have the best neighborhoods in mm. certain areas it was pretty much no kids in my age group in my area it's stay inside play with your toys Really? You know, play video games, yeah. Watch TV. So San Bernardino, California. Yes, sir. Now it's a home of a mass murder that recently happened. What's that like? Uh, it's interesting because it didn't hit us as hard as it hit the outside world because we're so used to seeing opening up the news and seeing something happen. But when it's on this larger scale, we were just like, wow. And especially my mom worked right in the area. My cousin worked in the building that he hit. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was like, and he's one of the bigger inspirations for me just in my whole pop culture fandom he was a big inspiration for me so i was, as soon as i found out he was there i was just, i was freaking out trying to figure out if he was safe and the he next was. thing i know yeah he was on the news and i was like what are you fucking doing yeah <laughs> like, you're on the news doing this yeah but wow yeah but it was it was a crazy situation but i got to i was actually at a funeral when i found out it was happening so, really yeah a natural cause of death, though, folks. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. anything like that. But yeah. Uh, In San Bernardino, though, what is a natural cause of death? Uh, diabetes <laughs> was the natural causes. Oh, Rest yeah. in peace, David Barra. We miss you go. dearly. Uh, so yeah. So hip hop became yeah. something in your life. I mean, it, is, is that early too from the womb? Uh, it took a little longer than most things, uh, as to say that it took me till I was like seven. Okay. Uh, well, that's... my first music was like the Gap Band and stuff like that. Not bad. I think the first song my mom said I would always what, sing was- What, Drop the uh, Bomb on Me? Yes. Burn Rubber was probably my favorite. My mm -hmm. mom doesn't know how I knew these songs. She said she didn't like the Gap Band, but I knew all the words. 
but probably Positive K was the first song she said I would rap all the time. Really? What's man got to do with me? Oh. She said I was rapping that song all the time. The, there was a show here, by the way, before you go, because I want to hear more, but there was a show here called Can I Kick It? It's a yeah. comedy show that they do in the back of Meltdown. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they play old videos of... 80s, 90, early hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. and then just rip on them. And when I first heard about this, I was like, how could you rip on Public Enemy? How could you rip on, you know, KRS One? How could you rip on these artists? And then I soon I went to the show and I realized, oh, there's a lot of other stuff yeah. that you can rip on <laughs> that's not that. And Positive K song, and they were like, it was like the theme of just take no for an answer creepy guy stop talking to me it because is he is all over that girl he's persistent well, I mean, <laughs> he's very persistent. you know the lyrics any of that i don't remember all the words anymore i just remember the hook was like she's like saying i have a man yeah. he's like what's your man got to do with me it's like uh I'm not creepy? trying to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to hear that. What do you mean you're not trying to hear that? What are you yeah. going to do? Oh, my <laughs> is God. Is she by herself? Is she in a crowded place? Yeah. Is she safe? Yeah. Uh, so many unanswered questions in this. <laughs> so that was your first one. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you went a different route in treating women. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> positive K. Absolutely. Um, but what else? So positive K then? Uh, after that, it was just kind of everything else kind of moving in. And just I watched, obviously watching a lot of TV. I was watching a lot of MTV, so... The, probably the first music video I remember watching was Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. That was like the first music video I can remember vividly watching and being like like in awe of it. To onto the Red Hot Chili Peppers and seeing like Scar Tissue, that video like stuck with me a lot. Um, but like writing raps, I was writing raps to the beats from Sonic. That was just... Really? Yeah, that was my thing. I was writing like full songs when I was like seven years old to Sonic. To Sonic, the... The, the Hedgehog, the, yeah. We have to find some Sonic, I think, Adam. Yeah. Oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah, one of the songs on my album samples one of the uh, tracks from Sonic 1. Which album is that? Uh, Or which song is that? Spring Yard Nights. Spring Yard Nights. And that was like the cheapest title I could come up with because I couldn't think of a title, but the level that we sampled was uh, the Spring Yard Zone. So I was like, I'm just going to call it Spring Yard Nights. But that's that's why that was my first foray into writing music was writing to Sonic the Hedgehog. So why why rap? Why were you doing lyrics? I mean, because of not because of Positive K. <laughs> Hopefully, no, 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 definitely not because of Positive <laughs> K. I just I just love to rap every song that I heard. I love to rap it, and I used to I used to write alternative rock songs too. I just couldn't play my guitar, so I had a guitar. I never learned how to play it. So it was just kind of like I I liked writing raps too, and. Once I got comfortable doing both, I just started to realize I was way better at rapping. Mm. But yeah, at that young age, I don't know what made me write raps to Sonic, but it was the first thing that was coming to mind. So you're writing raps. Uh, are, are there any MCs that you're starting to follow, that you're starting to study? Not yet, because I didn't think I was going to be a rapper. That right. was, I said I was going to like design video games, not knowing how much math goes into that. Like, you have to be good at like math. Right, right. I'm English all the way. Yeah. I suck at math. But at the time, I was probably like about 10, and I had a stepbrother who was a rapper. And he like found my my notebook, and he was, made me rap the song I wrote, and he thought it was like good for my age. And he was like, oh, you got to start doing this. And what age like, is this? I was 10. Okay. And he was, I was like, I'm not going to be a rapper. I just told him straight up, I'm not going to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like tried to stray away from writing for a while. Mm-hmm. And then like, Lincoln Park and 50 Cent came out and I was like, I'm writing again all the time. Right. I started writing, but then I would write to Strange Thing. I still, I wrote to the entire Daft Punk Discovery album. That was the next thing I wrote to. Just, I would just grab random stuff that I loved and write to it all the time. Wow. So you would be writing this stuff like this? Yes. Yes, I, I would. <laughs> very, very corny. I think uh, The Labyrinth Zone was probably 
the one I wrote, like, that was the only song that I can, like, remember writing to and thinking, this is hot. Like, being, like, seven or eight years old. So this is the Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Yeah. Yeah, this, this is Sonic He's one. going through. Yeah. And you wrote to this. Yeah. So you have lyrics for this beat. If I could find them. They're somewhere. Oh, my I keep, God. I've tried to keep all my notepads, all my journals. Watching Doug, man, I always wanted to keep a journal. Does this bring you back right now, man? Oh, I still I still play Sonic 1. Really? So Yeah, I got, like, the collection set. So I play Sonic all the time, man. Wow. That's impressive. Easily one of my all-time favorite games. So when do you start studying the art of emceeing? Because I assume that you did at some point. Uh, Probably. It was about the time that I was, like, really studying it. It got to the point where I would just listen to rap and just know all the words. Mm. Uh, I had, like, a very weird mixed bag of rappers I was listening to. So my sister loved, like, the Hot Boys, which was, like, Lil Wayne and Mm -hmm. Juvenile and Turk and BG and then... Eminem comes out mm. and it was just very now what Eminem like, are you talking this are is you, the are, first album Eminem this is Slim Shady so, LP but so you're talking that when Dr. Dre was involved exactly you're not talking to EP I couldn't I didn't find Infinite until later okay so it was just like ah, oh, I found my cousin telling me to listen to Brain Damage by Eminem and I just think well this is like the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life so I save up some money from crushing bottles and cans and outside of having like WWF the music I didn't have many albums so <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go buy a CD. I go to the warehouse. God, I miss the warehouse. CD so warehouse. Much. Yes. You remember that place, Rob? Oh, yeah. I do. There was one Very down well. on La Cienega. Oh, I loved that place. And the Beverly CDs. Center. Yep. Right. So I go in there and I'm like, my whole thing was I'm buying the Juvenile 500 Degrees album. I love Juvenile. And I see the Slim Shady OP and I'm like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to get this. And that probably <laughs> is what changed the whole course of the way I write music was listening to that album mm-hmm. front to back every day all the time with headphones on because of course my mom didn't know what the hell I was listening to right right <laughs> but yeah just listening to that album all the time so Eminem's lyrics on huh? the way he put words together just yeah. was dark I mean he would go in places that people had not even gone exactly and that just totally blew you away yeah it just it, it really went along with everything that I was dipping into that I wasn't supposed to like because you have like South Park's out at that time I'm right. not supposed to be watching South Park my cousin gets to watch South Park all the time so I go over there I watch South Park all the time <laughs> My whole sense of humor and childhood is warped <laughs> at this yeah, point. Yeah, man. It, it's made me a far funnier person. So <laughs> I'm much happier good, about the good. direction I went in with that. Uh, but it just kind of like changed the whole direction of the way I looked at like rapping and stuff like that. So it became more multisyllabalistic stuff and different things like that. Yeah. And so at that point, you're into comics at that at that time too? Oh, I've been like a Batman like. So Batman is your shit. I'm a super Batman guy. I, I okay. had like one Batman action figure. He was wearing like a purple out. He was wearing like purple. It wasn't even like gray and black standard. It was like purple. Mm-hmm. And I, he became my, he was the wrestler for everybody that I didn't have. Mm. So I'm like, you can be Razor Ramon today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, uh, he became like everything. And I just loved watching the show we have. We still have the, uh, we still have the cassette mm-hmm. of the original Batman, the 1989 film. Uh, the VHS. The VHS, yeah. Nice. I still have that. I used to watch that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Oh, and, that's a good one. And it just, I just realized he's just so cool. Like, even if he doesn't have his suit, he knows like 130 forms of martial arts. Like, yeah. who doesn't want to be Batman? Hey, it was actually my favorite, my first uh, superhero that I loved, too. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I, I now actually do a Batman podcast called Get History the of the Batman. Here. Come on, man. What? Yeah, with London. You don't know about London? No. London is an amazing uh, Instagram uh, Batman archivist, and she posts pictures about Batman, but does but gives you more, gives you the blurb and the history of Batman. 
and she's been doing this and on Instagram right now she has amassed over 225,000 followers. Well, she's about to have 226 because yeah, man. <laughs> I'm definitely going in and jumping in on that. Good, get on that. As you guys can see, my math is terrible. That wouldn't be 226,000. <laughs> I was letting go, man. <laughs> I, wow. wasn't. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't. Was, hey, you might, but the followers you might have, you know. It might help it out. There I just assumed you had 10,000 followers that were just going to immediately do whatever they you do. They do what he says, I man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey. In the droves. Yeah, man. They just follow your shit. And the dozens. Yeah, so like, we do a podcast at Meltdown here, and uh, she, we, she picks a topic, and this woman is incredible. She recites stuff that she's been, I mean, she's read everything. She can talk about it, and she can talk about it from all kinds of perspectives, but you should check that out as well as everyone else, meltcomics.com. Check out History of the Batman. It's on iTunes. I Same with on some hip-hop shit, so... Anyways, maybe one day you come and be a guest on that. If you got oh. some Batman knowledge to drop. I just want to be a student. All right. <laughs> I know she's going to teach me a lot. Yeah, then come in and sit down and uh, we do record on Tuesdays, man. Absolutely. I'm but definitely yeah, going to check that do out. Do that. Do that. So Batman clearly is, a, but you stuck with him. I mean, so you, oh, you, yeah. you're you with him. Yeah. And, I, I went through the ups and downs, the, the Batman and Robin days. And, so, you, you yeah. know, Mason is a big uh, no man's land fan. Did you read that? I did not read no oh, Man's Land. Well, I'm glad he's he's he looking at me. Yeah, is he looking at me? Yeah, yeah, he's upset yeah, he's with you, man. <laughs> so, what's your favorite Batman arc? You liked Hush, I'm sure. Oh, I loved Hush. I actually have every issue. of You like, like Dark Victory and Last Halloween. Last Halloween, Year One, both of the Year Ones. You a Dark Knight guy too? Dark Knight Returns, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Did you see the movie? Yes, I did. I saw it like the Monday before it came out. You down? I liked it, man. I didn't think it was amazing. I'm in. I'm like everybody came to me afterwards, like, so was it great or did it suck? I'm like, if you don't get away from me and just go watch the movie, develop your own opinion, man. It's it's just a, it's a good movie. It has a lot of problems, but it's not a bad movie. Did you think Affleck uh, repped Bruce Wayne well? He's my favorite Batman in film yet. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's big. Oh yeah, definitely. I, but I loved the way he did it. He did it perfectly. He was the Dark Knight Returns. He right. was perfect. He was old. He was angry. He was killing people, and yeah. I was fine with it. Yeah. No, <laughs> I hey, no listen, man. I that is London has actually said that Batman portrayed by Ben Affleck is a very nicely done thing. So that you know, with uh, everything else aside, that at least is is something I think that most people agree on that he's done well with that. So, so then the question is: Is it Superman? Oh, we don't even need to go there. We're talking. It's always Batman. his problem. It's yeah. always Superman's problem. It's always Superman's it's fault. It's always his fault. So you started He's with boring. Yeah, well, <laughs> he can be. He can be. You started with Batman, though. Yep. And then you're writing rhymes. Yep. And are you into any other kind of comics? Because it sounds like with South Park and your sense of humor, Eminem, I mean, you're kind of going crazy. Are you getting into independent comics at this point? Are you trying I, to explore I a little bit? I kind of started getting into like uh, when, uh, when Top Cow was popping. I was kind of into like the darkness. I thought the darkness oh, yeah. was like the coolest thing ever. I was like, he can't have sex? Right. Wow. That's a terrible life to live, but his yeah. powers are so cool. Uh, Witchblade, <laughs> I was just really disappointed in the Witchblade show, but I liked Witchblade. Yeah. Rising Stars, I thought was amazing. That was I good. I loved Rising Stars. Rising Stars. That was Bram's thing, Rob. Rising Stars. Rising Stars was awesome. Yeah, that was a nice one. And so you did get into a little bit of, of that genre. Yeah. And then superheroes, you stuck with Batman. What Any other superheroes? 
Uh, I do enjoy Iron Man a lot. I, maybe it's just the whole not having powers thing that I like more that is a superhero. So you a Daredevil man? I do like Daredevil. See? There you go. Not you just because this. of his new show, because his new show is amazing. But it is. Daredevil is just such a complex character. That's my favorite superhero of all time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The red hair, man. Is that, is that what did it? <laughs> no, actually, it was, uh, at that point, it was um, ninjas and... When I started reading Daredevil, was he was it was Frank Miller doing the foot. Frank Miller doing, and um, it blew my mind. Oh, the hands, yeah. Well, because then I started to like the Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles yeah. in '84 when they first. I'm dating myself, but that's when they first came out, and they when were they were violent. They I were Ninja loved Turtles. It. Yeah, yeah. Have you read those? Yes, I got a friend who loves the Ninja Turtles. He showed it to me. I was like, "Holy shit, yeah. this is awesome!" It's better than anything that's yeah, been done since. Absolutely. Yeah, that I actually think that first run of Ninja Turtles in '84, from probably issue one to fifteen, and then they kind of caught some of that magic in the twenty-one to twenty-two. I think Return to New York thing was probably some of the best comic books I've ever read. And to this day, my children, seven and nine, I turn them on to the black and white Ninja Turtles before I let them see any of the headband multicolored thing that's out <laughs> right now which all right i get it nickelodeon's doing its thing and uh it's not it's not what it was in you know initially in the 80s the cowabunga dude mm -hmm. and that kind of thing which i get people love and it touches a nice place in people's heart but the original ninja turtles killed it oh absolutely i mean i, I can't even get mad like i want to get mad about all the new ninja turtle stuff not just because michael bay is like Dutch angling the oh, hell out yeah. of my childhood, but because it's, I had to realize, like, look, man, that old cartoon that you watched when you were a kid with James Avery doing the voice of the Shredder, cut the turtles. Like, it oh. wasn't exactly what the original fans of the Ninja Turtles expected either. Yeah, and even though the the first movie was pretty first for what it did, it was pretty dark. Yes, uh, I loved it. No but doubt. I don't think that that's what they envisioned. So I just got to realize that this is for the kids. Ultimately, mm -hmm. I can't be mad. Don't be angry because Megan be Fox it. and her hammer thumbs are running around. Yeah. Well, they actually made NECA, if you know that toy company, mm -hmm. they made, they redid, or they made the Ninja Turtle characters in the form. They did the original. Basically, they did the original toys. Did you see that? I did. Those were the best toys I'd ever seen. And when I, when they first released them, I actually went to the NECA booth at Comic-Con. And I think Kevin Eastman at that point was there. And I said, I've been waiting for these toys since 1984, so yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. And now Mondo is doing them. I'm buying those. They're big size figures. It's amazing. So yeah, it took all these years, and finally they made the toys I wanted. But hey, well, at go. least they're here. There you go. They waited till you could afford them. Yeah. Well, now I can, and I'm happy about that. So, yeah. so you're doing. You're into bit of the independent stuff the image stuff it sounds like michael turner mm -hmm. superheroes you're holding down you're into video games yep that's big right that was very big was so what what games are you playing uh when i finally could afford something besides a sega it took a while uh and then i finally convinced my mom to get me an n64 and i actually without even spending real money uh got goldeneye and that, you know, kind of changed how everything was going for me. Yeah, why is that? Uh, because I was never really, I, I, to this day, I'm not a big first-person shooters guy. I've, I'm just not good at them. I'm not very good. My friends all play Call of Duty. I'm like, just, let's play GoldenEye. 
I was that kid who played, I played Sonic, I played Street Fighter 2, I played things like that. I was a big, you know, 2D side-scroller guy, but the first-person shooters I couldn't really get into, but GoldenEye was, it was everything, man. Going through all the missions, and because the guy I got it from, he already had everything unlocked. And I just would just go through, play all the missions, inviting friends over, playing the multiplayer. It was just a big deal. It was mm. really, really big. And then I played, I was a, I'm still a huge wrestling fan, so I played a lot of wrestling games heavily heavily and then from there it was my cousins had a playstation so it was resident evil who's your favorite wrestler of all time of all time my all favorite time. wrestler yeah uh the best or my favorite both both and the best not, wrestler. they're not the same they're not the same okay. it's with pro wrestling it, you gotta draw the line give it to me uh the best wrestler of all time is the undertaker he's mm. the greatest wrestler of all time wow uh my favorite wrestler of all time is bret hart really bret yeah hart. Bret, bret the hitman hart yeah Real, bret why bret hitman, hart. he liked his hairstyle I did actually. Actually, that played a really big role. Really, with the, with the glasses and then the hair coming down, I could never have that hair. Mm. So uh, that was always big for me. But uh, I loved how and just growing up and learning the whole the technical side of wrestling and having friends who wrestle now. And he was just so good at being a wrestler. He wasn't amazingly charismatic, but in the ring, he mm. was just such a technician. He could make the fans feel so much sympathy. I love when re when people call wrestlers technicians, <laughs> man. It's like he and he could just make a crowd feel so much sympathy for him. And it's not just because he gave me his glasses when I was three at yeah, the morning show. Okay, but that did help. But uh, yeah, I loved Bret Hart. So man. did you like when he was a part of the Hart Foundation? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. But see, you got to remember when I was a kid, it was like he was a bad guy with the Hart Foundation. Right. I didn't really get to see him as him and Jim the Anvil doing the Hart Foundation stuff. I had to go back and rewatch it right? Okay. and watch how good of a tag team they were. So when I was a kid, he was with Bulldog and, and Owen and Pillman. And, and who was the manager at that time? Wasn't it Hart? Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. Mouth of the really? South. Yeah. yeah. Man, I remember that. Jimmy Hart. Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Hart. And the Anvil the yeah. and the Hitman. Yeah, the Anvil and the Hitman. That was a tag team. They were, they were like, they, were the, they could never fully get there they were always like they were like intercontinental tag team champions like, that's what they got <laughs> Could somebody you know? please explain the intercontinental champion yes the intercontinental guy. championship is it's not as good as it used to be but it was that title that signified that this person was either the best technical wrestler in the field or he was the next wrestler he was like the up and coming up. wrestler yeah. or yeah. he was just the best technical wrestler they had uh but after all, now it's kind of just falling to obscurity. But they're trying to bring it back. They're trying to bring back the glory of the Intercontinental title. But it's just not the same anymore. I don't think I remember there being a lot of glory. Do you remember what? a lot of glory to the Intercontinental champion? What are you talking champion? about? Bret Hart and British Bulldog? Main event, Wembley Stadium? SummerSlam? Come on, man. It was, yeah, you know. Listen, it was a Ryan title Piper? that people... It was a Can't title that people fought for. Macho Man ran, and Steamboat at WrestleMania three for the IC title. That's like yeah, considered that the greatest good. wrestling match of all time. Not to me, but some people do. And that was for the Intercontinental Championship. Yes, it was. Okay, well I stand correct. Ricky yeah. was he Ricky the Dragon? <laughs> he was Ricky at the Dragon time? at that time. Man, yeah. there you go. Yeah. See, I I actually liked wrestling a lot at that point. I I think we all did. I had, yeah, that was. They actually had the wrestling cartoon. Did you ever see that? The wrestling Saturday morning cartoon. Yep. Man, that was the time. That was so, the glory days of wrestling that I technically missed, but I was around for the Attitude Era, so I got okay. to see all the boobs. You know, there you go. Time. Hey, what it started time. to come. <laughs> yeah. So, and it started with Randy Macho Man, didn't he? Started with Elizabeth, didn't he? Elizabeth, was yeah. Elizabeth was was pretty hot. Nice, God rest her soul. Nice, uh, Macho nice, Man impression. Yeah, there yeah. you go, man. So. You're nerding out with wrestling. You're yeah. nerding out with video games. Yeah. You're nerding out with comics. Is there yeah. anything else that you're nerding out with besides that? Uh, you... Anime and sports. Yeah. Damn. 
All right, so give me anime real quick. What are you doing uh, at this time? Right now, I need. I'm just. I'm doing a lot of rewatching. So for some reason, I'm rewatching the Twilight of anime, which is Inuyasha. I'm rewatching that. Uh, I'm rewatching Yu Yu Hakusho, and I need to catch up on the manga of Attack on Titan. But the mm. new season starting soon. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge. I'm Cowboy Bebop's my favorite anime ever. Uh, Trigun is up there for me. All right. Uh, Death Note, of course, is amazing. So when did you start with this? When did I start watching anime? I started watching anime when I shouldn't have been. I was watching like Heavy Metal, which is probably like the worst. Oh, that movie? Yeah, oh, no. that was terrible for me I to mean, be watching no, as a child. No, it wasn't, man. <laughs> I mean, as a child. I was like, like loving that yeah. as a youth. I was like, what the hell is this? this like, is it, the best. like that and then seeing like clips of like Ghost in the Shell. You remember when like sci-fi ran like a block of like, yeah. you know, like violent and adult. I would somehow stumble into that and it was just interesting to me, but it kind of freaked me out at the same time. And then uh, the whole tsunami block happened and seeing like, you know, Tenchi. You a Ninja Scroll guy? I loved a Ninja Scroll. Yeah. It was just one of those awkward animes where you're like telling your mom, it's just a cartoon. And then some chick's getting bent over. Oh, yeah. Like two seconds later with no warning. Right. Hit Ninja Scroll. <laughs> so that was difficult. But yeah. So Mason, just another plug. Mason actually does a podcast called Anime Attic where he Man. takes, you know, anime from the attic, dusts it off old stuff. And then podcast about it. So there's amazing. another show for you to uh, join on if you've got a uh, specific anime you want to talk about. Again, that's on MelkComics.com. Check it out. Another amazing plug that I will be doing. We will be doing that soon. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt, man. That soon, man. That's a, that's so just a, a recap. I apologize for interrupting, but just a recap. You went from seven-year-old boy to 22-year-old male in like six months basically yeah. oh do you want me to fill in the gaps well yeah. no it's not even that it sounds yeah. like there were no gaps it just sounds like you got introduced to this whole world of things and this is all catered towards kind of 20 I mean, something year old kids or, or uh people. it just it just kind of happened that way I, from not having cartoon network and every day of the summer going to my cousin's house with a tape and saying like record dragon ball z every day record the entire tsunami block uh, watching when they did uh, the Midnight Run and they showed the first three music videos from Daft Punk's Discovery album and they showed Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas and it just like, it really like played a really big influence on my life. Just hanging out with my cousin all the time. He was slightly autistic so he wasn't as fully caught up as everybody else was so he was like 24, 25 mm. and I'm like like 11, 12 and we're hanging out. I'm like his best friend right. and he's got all the video games and we're going to co comic book stores and arcades together every mm. weekend and doing all that stuff so that I was always because his family could afford it. I got to see those sides of things. He could yeah. build anything out of Legos. He made Sonic out of Legos. He made every character from Street Fighter out of Legos and he would paint them. Wow. And I would just, he would draw comic books. So I would come up with the soundtracks for him. Nice. And I would try to draw horrible comic books. Right. Um, but you were doing it. You were in the culture. Yeah. And so you nerded out with all this and then you said sports. Yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a like, yeah, so like diehard sports guy. What, uh, is that a team? Is that a sport? That's every sport. Okay, so yeah. you, like hockey? Hockey, Los yeah. Angeles Kings. Okay, so soccer? Uh, yeah, Galaxy, Barcelona, Chelsea. Oh, okay. Football? Raiders. Mm. Mm, Raiders. Raiders. Were you sad they didn't come back? Oh, absolutely. I was livid. I was, <laughs> But there's still a shot. We still have a shot. Yeah. We still have a shot. You going to support the Rams? <clears throat> God, no. 
No. What am I going to support the Rams for? Because they're yeah, L.A. They're, they're not the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders aren't coming. They're, I hate to tell they're, you. I'm going to keep holding out hope. Yeah, until, you will. Until yeah. the, the, the bloody end. Baseball, you said you would go to Dodgers game a lot. Uh, yeah, diehard. That was the first team that I like loved. And let's sports. be honest. We already know. Yes, Rob, he's we, a Clipper fan. Yes, of course. A Clipper fan. Why, why wouldn't he be? Yeah. I'm, he's yeah. talking about 1985, 86, 87. Yeah, Those are the best, best. Are you? I am a Clipper fan. We are too. Are you really? Oh, I love the Clippers, man. I'm a Clipper fan. We were season ticket holders. I love the Clippers, man. It's been a, lo- a rough life being a Clipper yeah, fan. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I do. So you were not a Laker fan? No, mostly because of my sister. My sister was, who's seven years older than me, was a diehard Laker. She used to keep the stats in a notebook. So I used to watch basketball every night watching Laker games, but I just couldn't support what my sister's supporting. I really like this guy, Adam. Yeah. I got to say that. Hey. I just couldn't do it. What, so I What's was... the name of this album he's got out? When we? Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, and everyone will get to that. Let's yeah. talk Clippers. Though. Yeah. Yeah, so pro- I was I was honestly one of those kids who just liked players for a very long time, and then around 2001, when Darius Miles and Richardson oh, and Andre Miller, oh, the best years yeah, ever, Elton Brand was coming. It was just like I like this team. Yeah, like, I like watching this team. They're fun to watch, and I was like, I'm just gonna be a Clipper fan because at that point I just liked players. I was yeah. a huge Allen Iverson fan, so I was like, you know, I just need a team, mm. and I want I'd rather keep it California. And I was like, I'm not gonna be a Laker fan, right? And I like watching the Clippers, so mm. I'm gonna be a Clipper fan. Did you follow that? I, there was one year I think the Clippers went 42 and 40, and they didn't make the playoffs, but they had the one of the greatest runs at the end of the season. I mean. And people will laugh at me because when I say the greatest runs, it and wasn't they didn't even make the play. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a great, great run at objectively. The time, at the time, it was about the best. At the ever, time, for the, exactly for the, the best players, ever did. It was, it was like really, really. Good. And it was exciting, and they had the best play that ever that I've ever seen on the Clipper. And you can actually get see it on YouTube. It's when uh, um, Sean Rooks inbounded the pass through it three quarters of the court to Lamar Odom. He catches it, does a behind the back alley-oop to Indiana. Darius Miles. Oh, yeah. And he, Darius Miles, I think, did a windmill. It was unbelievable. Yeah. They're standing on the scores table. The fans are going crazy. Oh, so we were in uh, section 330, I think, row 18. No, no. We ended up at 216. Oh, <laughs> Man, I just and the, everybody thought the Clippers are coming. They are. They got Andre Miller. They got their point guard. They're oh, coming. He, and he just was never the same. Oh, it's like man. he started playing like he was forty at that that year. And then went. <laughs> and then after he left, he was great again. Yeah, he was. He was once again consistent. He was everything that we needed. Yeah, him to be. exactly. He was calm, a floor general. He just handled it, and he was never that with us. He wasn't a fit in the locker room. You know, there was, there was a lot of weed being passed, and I don't know if, if Andre was about yeah. that life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, right? Lamar yeah. was letting us down yeah, at that time. I still got my Lamar jersey, though. So do I. I still got it, man. So do I. He actually bought a, and he being Rob. Don't uh, say a Maurice Taylor. No. Okay. <laughs> God, I was going to say, like, God forbid. No. He, I got a Pooh Richardson jersey. No, you don't. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You spent, even, even better than that. You spent your money on a Quentin Richardson signed jersey. Whoa. The how man who was wasn't he traded once like four times in a day? Quentin yeah, Richardson? Yeah. yeah, but this is when he was up and coming. I liked him in yeah. college when he was at DePaul, and and uh, this is back in the day when they would only make two jerseys from a team. <laughs> yeah, and, before they had like the Latino Knights St. Patrick's Day editions. Yeah, yeah. So they with basically, sleeves. yeah. So basically, yeah. with him, with sleeves, you couldn't find his jersey, and we were all up and coming. This is Corey Maggette. He was like up in there, Keon, Keon uh, Dooling. Yep, there you go, and. uh we would have season tickets and they had this auction. So every game I'd go out and see what was out there on the auction. And for the first time ever, they had a Quentin Richardson jersey out there. 
And this double X. <laughs> it was his size. It was not even. Well, that was, it was six, it was yeah. <laughs> that was the style at the time. That was the style at the time, though. So. so long story short, I got into a bidding war. Um, you know how that can go. Yeah. And I ended up spending like $600 on a Quentin Richardson jersey. Is it worth six hundred dollars? Right. It was now? for charity. Well, so, was yes, for, it was. Yes, it was. That's good. And I and but I was no, it's not. <laughs> it's not worth six hundred dollars. And at the time, I don't even think I donated, uh, even claimed it on my taxes because I wasn't even doing taxes at that time. Taxes are for but, science kids. But you know what? When you wear it to the stadium, you know. Oh, you got it, respect. It's instant respect. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of miss the days when we weren't very good. Yeah. I mean, the tickets were so cheap, man. Oh, Some people man. might tell you that we still aren't very good. Yeah, those people are bitter Laker fans. We should still have Chris. We should have Chris Paul. Oh, oh man, that's the worst. Oh. I hate hearing that yeah, shit. I hear it all the time. <laughs> Every day. I will say this, though. The redesign of the logo is awful. It's and grown on me. Really? I, I, oh. I, but uh, as far as Chuck the Condor goes, oh, he, oh yeah, God. that's pretty bad. They don't even wear the red jerseys anymore. They never do. They I just know, wear the black ones. They wore them like three And those times. are ugly, yeah. man. Come they're on. They're significantly better than they're the red. Yeah, they're way, with the C on the side and then the yeah, it's, that's a really ugly jersey. It's all bad, man. <laughs> yeah. It's all bad. But I get you. That just keep throwing money at us, Bomber. Just don't yeah. be racist and keep giving us money. Exactly. That's what we need. He hey, cares. Look, he cares he, about this team. He does. And when they're in Seattle and they're the Supersonics, he's going to be a hero. It. No, yeah. no, 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 I, no, no. I had an argument with somebody about that today. I don't think he's going to do it. Man. I hope not. He will I not pray do he doesn't. It. But supposedly there's back channel deals going on right now where he's going to. I don't know. There's rumors out there. I don't want to spread them on the way. I don't want to have my favorite basketball team in Seattle. Man. But that yeah. would be so Clippers. You know that we'd like be good. The Seattle we'd... Clippers. <laughs> it wouldn't be the Clippers. They'd be the Sonics. Well, I mean, the Sonics is a way. The Sonics name with everything about the Super Sonics was dope. It was. It was. I really it was. was sad that when jersey. they left. The jersey was amazing. So you've nerded out with a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a whole whole bunch of stuff to write lyrics about. Yeah. I mean, you, I, because it's just crazy. I mean, people have been writing lyrics about comics, nerd stuff a little bit. They might drop a line here and there. How did you start saying, this is my shit? I gotta, I gotta delve into this. Cause I mean, you got, you got a song on your new album, Sailor Moon. Yeah. That's the lead single. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it started with just, uh, I liked making like at least a song or project where I was just like, I referenced stuff like that, but it was always in every song you'll hear a reference about something from video games or from movies, like very obscure Seinfeld references. Cause I love Seinfeld. So you just get very obscure references to everything. I have songs called Costanza. I had like a series of songs about that. Mm. Uh, it was just very obscure references. And then uh, my last project, I did a song called Trini. Cause I always like, I was always, obviously I loved the power Rangers as a kid. And I loved Amy Jo Johnson to death, but I thought like I had like a line that I wrote one time just off to the side. Like I got a bad yellow broad. I call her Trini. And I was like, I think I'm going to write, I'm going to use that for a song. And so yeah. that was like, it became like a very popular song. I mean, I wrote Bruce Wayne was one of the first songs that I did that people still bug me about to this day. It was just an entire song about like being Bruce Wayne. And then for this album, uh, I was just working and I came up with the idea for the hook for Sailor Moon. And I had the beat in my head and went to my producer, oh gosh, Lee Hotis, and made it happen. And it's become my most popular song I've ever released, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. So do you, you said you have a producer. Do you do any production on your own or no? I wish. I wish. So, I, I had Fruity Loops as a kid and didn't know what I was doing whatsoever. And mm. I mean, I have ideas in my head, but I'm just very impatient. Right. I would do a lot of things. I would write 
supposed to be writing a short story for a series with my friend and I'm just impatient. If I know what's going to happen at the end, why do I need to write like 20, 30 pages so that you know? Right. I know. So I'm, I'm just super impatient. Maybe that's why I write songs. So what, um, so Sailor Moon, is that is yeah. that anime that you were watching? I did watch Sailor Moon. It was all within the block of Toonami at the time. So Toonami, you would go from uh, Thundercats, Silverhawks, and then it would go Sailor Moon, Ronin Warriors. Actually, no, I got that backwards. Ronin Warriors, Sailor Moon, into Tenshi, into Dragon Ball Z. So it was, it was good times. By the way, Silverhawks and Thundercats. Silverhawks. Oh. I miss Silverhawks oh. a lot. I miss Silverhawks. Those Hawks. were toys I wanted. They came out. Never got them, but I looked for them. I, I did wanted, get the Thundercat toys. I wanted the Copper Kid toy, but I never got the Copper Kid. I mean, by the time I was watching, I don't even know if they it would be. I'd have to go to Frankincense for them. So tell me a little bit about Sailor Moon. The song? Yeah. It was essentially because uh, I am. I've, I have so many different genres of music that I love, and I still love listening to something that's just completely ratchet and makes women want to shake their asses. Why wouldn't I want women shaking their asses to my music? I like women shaking their asses. It's right. nice on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. so multiple you know, occasions. Right. So I was like, you know, I do like when women do that, but at the same time, I like to keep the content a little bit, you know, more so to what I enjoy. So if I can make something that people go, I remember these things from when I was a kid or I still relate to these things now while at the same time, you know, relating women shaking their asses to Sailor Moon. I, it feels like a win-win to me. Yeah, man. So let me hear a little bit about this, all right? So I'm going to play a little bit. It's so weird, yeah. Oh, Would you like me to talk through it? You get to play. Whatever you want to do, man. This is Juve, my school day. Uh, yeah, this, this is very, very like self-explanatory. Like, I thought when, like, when I wrote it, I was like, Juvenile was the first rapper that really triggered something in me. So I'm just going to use one of my favorite flows from him at the beginning. And this is just very a very true-to-life song, actually. I try not to write things that I don't do. All right. I did that when I first started and just Didn't work. up outlandish shit. And I would just be like, you know, that's not... Back when I was Catalyst, that was my first rap name. And I thought, well, I decided I wanted to change my name. I was like, it feels too... It's not a relatable name to people. And my name is Cameron. Nobody calls me that. Everybody calls me Cam. So I was like, I'll go by Cam. And I found out that one of the meanings of my family's name is Archer. And I was like... Well, why don't I just relate this to the fact that I'm giving you me who I am, but I'm, everything else is still on point. Yeah. Everything else musically is on point. It's accurate. It's like an archer. So. All right. I like that. All right. So let's hear a little bit about this. And Yeah. So basically, I'm just like me saying, you know, she's got her ass out like Sailor Moon. Like Sailor Moon always wore those really short skirts. Yeah. And her girls like girls because most people who kept watching know that Sailor Moon, her friends, they were kind of lesbians. So that's, I tried to play into that within the chorus of the song. That was uh, my real intention. But at the same time, I wanted to keep it relatable to the people I knew who would love this song. I've mentioned the streets I lived on, streets I hung out on, places I've hung out at, and the things that we like to do. We like to have girls from like the hills and everything getting super crazy in the club and acting stupid. Yeah. It's entertaining. <laughs> and now they're doing it to the songs. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. To, this is the first song I've had that DJs are like, I want to play that in the club. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I'm used to just having like. I was a really, really just rapper, rapper, rapper when I first started. Everything was just about lyricism. Lyrics. But I've just started to learn how to become an artist and really express myself in a different way. Cool. Let me hear some of the lyrics on the song real quick. You just missed the last verse. <laughs> I kept this song incredibly short and sweet. Who's the producer on this? Oh, gosh, Leotis. Yeah. I loved uh, Rex and Effect, Rump Shaker. And I was yeah. like, I want to use that horn. And we sampled it. And the thing about my producer, oh gosh, is he's a very, um, 
he's a very talented producer and he can make things very uh full and i was like we can't make this you can't go oh gosh on this beat i need to be simple i need to be something that people are gonna just want to hear over and over again because if you go too oh gosh it's gonna get a little too cluttered and uh, so i was like for the rest of the album we can do that <laughs> but you know for this song this is just that one where we can't do that mm. and at first he didn't even like he's like i don't like the beat and then he heard the song he's like okay i like it so it's like that sometimes so what um did he produce the whole album he produced a very very large chunk of it uh he produced a lot of it uh his cousin villain has a couple of productions on here uh kit who sings a lot on the album he drew the artwork uh he raps on one of the songs as well he uh produced the track uh, ronin zone mm-hmm. which is actually one of those songs that i thought i'm not going to keep on this album it had a very that's a very video game beat but it was a, it was like no one else is going to like it but in order to tell the story to my album it has to be on it right uh so so did you create an album or did you create a collection of songs no this is an album this was me showing that i can it was me going you know you love writing stories you love anime you love comic books you love all this stuff why don't you just show that you can make a story-based album mm-hmm. and it was originally supposed to uh i was trying to get me and kat were going to make a comic book for it that was going to drop at the same time but time-wise it wasn't working out sailor moon was kind of catching steam and i didn't want to have it lose steam without dropping the album so i was like we'll just do the album for now mm-hmm. and in a way it's been a like a gift and a curse because it's kind of caused people to like look at it like an abstract painting and go what the hell is he talking about on this album right because it's it's really one of those things where you have to sit down and listen to it front to back and then try to create your own opinion i've i've, I've planned to do like a video where i break everything down and tell people but it's it's pretty fun to see how people react to it yeah or they can listen to the podcast here they can so um <laughs> you had a song on there on the album called nirvana yes is that based off of your your love for not exactly no but it is it is a slight homage just a slight wink and nod uh, because there's a couple references to Kurt Cobain throughout the album Mm. but just not in that song that song is basically saying I want to get away from these issues and these problems that these people are putting around me that are not necessary and at the same time it's me trying to maintain sanity this album is me teetering on the edge of losing my mind all right so on the song after this it goes into me saying last night i thought about going cobain saying fuck it i'm out so you're starting to wonder what's gonna happen to me mentally all right let me listen to some of these lyrics here and then you tell me about them okay now they listen watch me flip it till i ship a g treat it like a quarter key voice in my head said kill it boy i do agree my team about the ball like ea fools two-faced like the da play brown style but my wardrobe he ain't we play the field like kike you dig me can on the wall with the green like it's wrigley since they commit never seem to offend me mentally i've been the same with the entries put in it simply i need relaxation impatience keeps me anxious always dangerous help me make it out without strangling out stragglers that trail me with seeds of doubt god this ain't the place for me mask on so they can't see the face of him the reason they got used to chasing me because i fear being lost in complacency in my mind can't find any vacancy lately maybe i'm just grateful for company sultry voice saying come to me paradise on horizon that's something to see yeah yeah man that's yeah. that's nice thank you i like that beat too yeah oh gosh leotis ladies and gentlemen yeah man he's a problem he's obviously a solution yeah he, i just i it's one of those guys where i can be like i have an idea for a beat and it'll kind of sound something like this and he'll listen to something slightly reminiscent of it for 10 seconds and then 
in 30 minutes you have what you need and i'm writing while he does it so mm. i write pretty fast he makes beats pretty quick so we work well together mm. yeah so man i mean that was that's a nice song right there yeah, so, that was a very hard song to write it was, why, why it was one of those songs where i was like i wanted to say this but i don't want to be too wordy sometimes you, when you're a lyricist you get caught up in everything you're writing every word has to make sense you don't want to repeat words too many times yeah. and it's a painstaking process because you start overthinking things so i had written this song twice before and i was like these verses aren't going to cut it so i wrote the first verse and i had a reference uh reference to pokemon where i say uh uh, Pokemon 83 that's far fetched and I was like that's a really dope line and I just like built around that and then I was the second verse was supposed to be somebody else and it ended I ended up having to write the second verse too and I was like how the fuck am I gonna write a second verse of this mm. it took me forever to write the first so I wrote the second verse and I was like I don't know if this is good but I like it so I'm gonna run with it and see how it goes and it's actually one of the more popular songs on the album nice man yeah. so you came out with this album it came out what January 15th yes sir and uh, what were what were you did you put out anything before that? I have a lot of music out. Uh, I mean, what? Okay, so when I yeah. see, like for example, what I do is when I find an artist that I'm loving, like I'll check an album or I'll catch him through an album. So I find artists in different ways, and if I find an album that I like, I'm like, okay. Now I got to do some research. And so I go back. I see what they put out before. Was there any singles? Who they appear with? Uh, what videos did they have? Did I freestyling? Are they battling? Anything yeah. like that. So before this, because this is, this is a complete album. I mean, yep. it's like, what, 12 songs? Uh, the story was 13, and I hate the number 13, so I put two bonus tracks on okay. it to 15. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's complete. So before that, I guess, well, maybe even, maybe we'll just rewind and go to like your first song that you did that you put out that's out for mass consumption. Like, what was that? Man, that was, oh, oh man, that was uh, Suede. Uh, that's like on like an old like Bandcamp page. I have a Bandcamp page with probably about four or five mixtapes on it. I was at a point where I was just like, it's going to sound rough, but everybody has their rough beginning. So I was just, it was in the process of me trying to find my sound. I was just banging out songs. So I had like two projects out a year. Just And when is this? What year? I put that out in 2010. Okay. January of 2010, which was, so I tried to keep it. Like, I was like, this is like my, my first real album. So I want to drop it in January. So you've been on the grind for six years. Uh, yeah. Just really learning how to really get it right. I went from that phase of, well, I'm a dope rapper, so... People will eventually just know about me. And it's the, no, man, that's not how it works. So I, I really had to learn to get over my my own ego and just. Why not, doesn't it work like that? Because there's so much oversaturation, man. It's not like it used to be. People just think like, oh, Cam, when you gonna, you know what you should do? You should go down to L.A., take your demo and, you know, get down there. And like, it's like they're not looking for artists, man. It's mm. all they want to do is find artists that they are want already heat. established. Right. They want artists who could who prove they could do it themselves so that then they can mass produce it and make an amount of money off it. And if you continue to do it, that's great. If not, they can just drop you and you have to kind of find out how to do it on your own. Mm. And that's pretty much the process of what I'm learning now. I'm still learning every day how to right. make it work right. So you come out, you 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 figured out, obviously, to a certain degree to how to put out put a song together and so i guess what the next step is trying to figure out how to present that to people and where to get it played absolutely because i'm a terrible self-promoter 
Uh, it really just became, which is crazy for a rapper, by the way. Yeah, it's 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 a horrible double edged sword. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's kind of like I've I've been going to shows for years in my city, and then establishing those relationships with people who are doing bigger things, who open the doors for me to do other things and do shows in L.A. and I just did South by Southwest and mm, how was that? Was, that was fun. I'm never driving there again, but it was fun. Mm. <laughs> it was fun. That 20 hour drive was hell on earth. Yeah. But it was very fun to go out to Texas and meet people and show them your music and see the reaction you get in a different state. I mean, I've gotten reactions from people who obviously don't live in California for Sailor Moon, but it's just to see the reaction. It's pretty cool. Uh, I just want to go to Japan. That's my, that my is, real goal right now is getting to Japan. Seems like there is a nice market overseas for uh, hip hop. There yeah. is. I've seen some people kind of take advantage of it in kind of like uh kind of like bulk up their views and then get over there and then use that to establish themselves as they get back here. Um, it's one of those crazy things where you sometimes have to, you know, get out of your city and display your craft and gain fans everywhere else before your city will kind of accept you in some cases. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen it happen. It's it's unfortunate, but if that's what it takes, then I'm more than willing to do that. Now, do you have any belief on what an MC should be? Uh, I guess technically I look at the genre of rap to me. It's still so young. Like people say like, Oh, it's the golden age of rap was this. I was like, rap was like 12 years old, man. Like you don't know. Like it's, it's such a growing art form. I'm not going to look at rock in its 12th year and go, this is what rock music was. You know, I'm not going to do that. That's not very fair. Uh, but I feel like there's honestly, if you're going to call yourself an MC though, you have to, you have to be able to hold yourself a certain, to a certain accountability with your lyricism and, uh, just the ability to do things on the fly, if you will. Can you freestyle? Uh, yeah, I was kind of forced to learn. I would, I mean, obviously I would freestyle a lot while I was playing video games before I would write this stuff. So that helps. But, uh, when I met my friends, uh, uh, GQ, who kind of like forced me to start rapping when somebody told him, Oh yeah, Cam can rap. And it was one of that stage after high school where I was just, I had just been writing songs, but I would never let anybody see him. I wasn't trying to tell anybody I could rap, but somebody told him I could. So we would be going to parties to meet these girls and he'd be like, okay, so we'd be like, we'd be going on like missions to see him. So we'd be like, okay, well you gotta, we gotta, we gotta freestyle while we're on the way there. So they turn the radio down low and be like, rap about this, say, we're going to be going to see these people, put their names in it. And they would, they would just force me to rap mm. for like 20 minutes at a time. So that really, uh, shaped me up that roots esque slave ship. Thanks GQ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really shaped me into being able to freestyle a lot. I actually, I sent a video over of I did like a freestyle on a show in LA just about basketball for like seven minutes recently. Yeah. And a lot of I people saw were that. into that. Yeah. A lot of people were into that. That's kinda like just I kinda got a reputation for rapping for way too long. Right. That was kinda like the thing. That you just you don't take a breath. Yeah, and it was just kind of I suck at remembering the stuff I write because I write it so quickly. So right. when people are like, can you spit something for us? I'm just like, I'm just going to freestyle. I don't, I can't. Right. Uh, if you try to tell me to remember some verse, I'm like, I don't have, it's not going to come to me that quick. I'll just freestyle. It's easier for me to just freestyle. So the words, the rhymes just come to you. Essentially. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll do shows and I'll just, uh, we did when did that start happening? Was that early on that you yeah. could figure out that I can freestyle? Cause I mean, people have different definitions for a freestyle. Some people yeah. say it's, if you just put right your rhyme, you you recite your rhyme over a, another beat, An industry beat, right? Yeah. yeah, that could be a freestyle. But to me, I've always thought of a freestyle being one where you can come up with original rhymes off the top of the head about anything at any time off of any beat. That's, that's that is the definition of freestyle. All right, so we're on point with that. And so, 
at, I mean, because I've tried to freestyle, and it's, uh, and I'm I'm not, I'm not the worst there is, but I'm closer to the worst than it is to the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. at some point, though, um, there has to be a time in your life where you're like you specifically wow, I can actually do this. I mean, the words fit. They come to me at the end of one verse. I've already got the next verse. I'm, I'm, I mean, when did that happen? When I first started writing. Really? Yeah, because when I was a kid, I was, I, was, I was playing and rapping at the same time. And then eventually I would go back and sit down and I would write whatever I could remember down. But mm. while, for the most part, while I was playing, say, Streets of Rage 2 or just playing Sonic 2 or Sonic 1, I was just rapping while I did it and just freestyling whatever and just whatever was coming to my head. So that was the time when I knew like, I can do this. And, but I knew that people actually thought, everybody else thought I could. I did a freestyle to this song Cashflow in like 2009 and I put it on MySpace. And that was like the, the time when MySpace was huge. And I put that up and that was the first time I put anything out for people to hear and see what they thought and everybody loved it. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm, I am on the right track with this. Mm. So like, so you could, if I told you, I said, look, I want you to rhyme about Daredevil, the Ninja Turtles. You know about Usagi Ojimbo? Um, I don't know a whole lot, but I got a buddy who's like because that's my shit. Fast, and he has uh, Usagi uh, tattooed on him. Really? Yeah, he's huge. Like we we just went Love to Frankenstein's, and he met a guy who had a lot of his stuff. Just like a lot of his stuff uh, at his house, like original original uh, just preliminaries, everything. And right. He was like in awe. He wanted to cry. <laughs> he was it was oh. pretty crazy. But he's a huge Usagi Ojimbo. So I could say to you as an MC, I could say Ninja Turtles, Daredevil, Usagi Ojimbo, Metallica, because that's the shirt you're repping right now. Yeah, Kill Them All, great album. Um, Meltdown Comics, you know, comic book stores, mm -hmm. podcasting, yeah, and and give you like probably my favorite beat of all time, and you yeah. could rhyme to it. Yeah, I mean, just throw stuff out at me as I rap, and I'll just come up with it. So if I do this to you. Um, I don't know Ooh, if you know this beat. This is a classic. Yeah. But this is my favorite, one of my favorite really? beats of all time. Really? Yeah. Okay. You mind uh, trying to kick it a little bit? Not a problem at all. Because I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Meltdown Comics. Yeah. Whatever comic you want. Batman. Okay. okay. Break it down. Okay. Yeah. I'll try to remember everything you told me to rap about first. Hey, so man. Yeah. <clears throat> Coming out of the shadows like Alfred Hitchcock. I don't need my vision like Matt Murdock to display my hand game. Uh. With the pen, it's insane. Out of the membrane, Leonardo DiCaprio, or maybe I got the twin katanas, and probably my attitude is like Raphael, how I dispel. They all rebel against me, but it doesn't really catch on, because my splinter game is too headstrong. Uh. Everything I tried to teach you didn't catch on, so I got a meltdown. But my comics game is proof to you that I have always had these lanes. Even when the 10 freeway was cut down, I uh. still came down, wanted to shop, but if not, I'll just come and talk about hip-hop i'm yes. on that shit every single day of my life what i recite is sort of like the long halloween because it could change me into a different being harvey dent and everything indented meaning i come down to catch in again my second win i display to them uh. underneath my pigment they see an energy and a light beam dr manhattan schemes because i'm watching men who's watching them it's i any comedian that's catching in reprised by him 
him. No Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Team Megan. Spike baseball bat right mm. to the head of Glenn. Because <laughs> that's probably who they killed, if we're being quite honest. Then uh. What else would you like me to reference? Hit that Metallica stuff, man. Okay, so you want me on that leper messiah. Every time that I'm writing Injustice for All, it's literally fire. No fuel necessary, but I do carry on anything necessary to kill them all. They ride the lightning. Everything I'm writing is especially special. Lars Ulrich, double the pedal. Mm. Or maybe just a James Headfield. She gives me head in the field, lets me know it's for real. No, so for real. But this candy rain like cocaine, cocamania can so rot your brain. Real. Yeah. That was a heavy D prodigy group, but the heavy D displayed by me is the doomsday device or the dark side of that in the city of apocalypse. That's how I rap. If you step in wolves, tend to step in and try to step on the wolves of them. In my kin, you get kin uppercut. That's a true Hadouken. Shahai Ryu can. If you need Ryu, then I'm back uh, with the headband rap. It's Cam Archer on some yes. hip hop shit. Oh, that's man. a rap. There you go, man. That, that's beautiful. We're down. That was nice, man. I like that. Thank you. So you could just do that. Yeah. That's fun. I really don't know how. <laughs> just kind of just the words just start coming. That's that's amazing. That's so. a great superpower. Man. My superpower is I can sleep anywhere. I mean, <laughs> you. You got a superpower that actually works. <laughs> sleep is very important, though. It is. Man. I respect that. Yeah. So that's nice, man. I like that. Thank you for doing that on some hip hop shit, man. That is on some hip hop shit right there. Yes, it was legit. So, did you ever get nerdy about rap and hip hop? Yeah, kind of, sorta. Uh, it's I try not to because when I I'm a big debater kind of guy, so I debate a lot of things. But we, I try not to debate music because it's such an ambiguous thing. You can't contain music or classify music. It's literally how you hear it is how you're going to convey it and how it makes you feel. So I try not to, but if I think it sucks and somebody else tells me it's really good, I got to tell them it sucks. Or if somebody tells me something I love sucks, I get upset about it. But right. being a Lupe Fiasco fan, you learn to deal with these things. Okay. I'm a big Lupe Fiasco fan, but he's really, he makes it hard sometimes. <laughs> to yeah, that's true, man. Yeah. I was actually at, um, I was at some bar, I think, the other night, and I heard the, uh, the kick push. Yeah. That's a good song. It is. It is. And at, when I first heard it, I was just like, this is just a good song. It didn't grab me. I don't know. what. It's, it's really weird. Like the people I end up loving at the time that I loved, like I didn't love them when they first came out, like Linkin Park. I didn't love Linkin Park when One Step Closer came out. I was like, I'm just going to go listen to my Space Jam soundtrack. I don't need this Linkin Park stuff. And then next thing you know, I'm, I have everything Linkin Park and I'm writing alternative rock songs with raps in them because of Linkin Park. And Lupe Fiasco, I was like, oh, Kick Push, this is just a cool song. Yeah. And then next thing I know, the cool album, the album, the cool comes out and it just changes everything for me. Wow. That's amazing, man. So then, uh, so we were talking earlier, though, before you freestyled and just crushed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last, Rob just pointed out Last Emperor Secret Wars. Did you ever hear that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think about when I think about comics and hip-hop colliding. Like, that was a jam right there. Last Emperor. Um, but, so we were talking, though, before about, so you freestyled early on. You started doing that. You're releasing stuff. You're on the internet. What? When are you, uh, When? What? what's the first actual piece of music that you actually sold? 
uh, this is the first time, well, the second time. I did a group project with a buddy of mine named Kid Dryden. Uh, we have a duo called Stone Sober. And uh, we were kind of, due to just people loving the stuff that we were making, uh, we kind of, we said we were going to do a song together. And it turned into that one song. We never even recorded it. And we just started doing shows. We did the whiskey. And oh, it was wow. crazy. And uh, well, as a headliner? Uh, we were we were second to the headliner and we had more people than the headliner so they nice. they were like oh well we want to have you guys back yeah uh that was just crazy to say that i did the whiskey that's amazing to me uh but For from rock there, and rap exactly it's a, just a huge feat so i was just like yeah we should probably just put out an album then so we we wanted to wait till we did solos again and then do an album because he had never released anything prior but the the push was kind of big, so we dropped an album called Half Gone, and that was the first time I was like, okay, well, let's get it on iTunes, let's get it on everything. Uh, before that, I was just like giving the music out for free, which is, it's a, it's a double edged sword because you want to get it to as many people as possible, but you're you got to put a value on it. Yeah, it's like when do you stop giving it away? Yeah, it's you got to put a value on it so that people put a value on it. You hand them a free CD, then obviously hopefully just not just with writing on the disc and everything and like a little slip on cover then they're not going to value it as much it's just going to become a coaster depending on the person you give it to right but if you have something shrink wrapped and go this is my album i'm charging five ten dollars for it etc they're like, going to appreciate they're it. going to appreciate it they're going to realize you're taking what you're doing seriously but mm. once again everybody wants to be a rapper right now so it's kind of difficult for people to take you seriously and it's becoming yeah. easier to get to those means it only costs like 50 bucks to get your music on itunes it's not Right, it's not a big pricey thing, right. so it's, it's the oversaturation is crazy. But so, in you said other, I mean, anyone can be a rapper. So, are you battling? I've actually never battled before. Really? Uh, yeah, I've never battled before. I was always just I've I used to battle like uh, my brother Dre. I mm -hmm. used to we used he used to force me to. <laughs> we used to before we would write, he'd be like, "Let's freestyle," and then it would turn into us just like shit talking each other for about an hour, and then we would start writing songs. Think you could battle? I think with the right amount of time I could, but battle rappers, it's a, it's a different breed, man. Yeah. To be good at it. I don't want to do it and just be okay. I would want to do it and actually put the time in and be good at it. Right. Well, because it seems like the best battle rappers are freestylers, yeah. right? They have that ability. Mm -hmm. It's necessary to be a battle rapper and freestyle. You right. have to rebuttal. And you, and you have to have punchlines. Absolutely. So every every verse i mean every line basically has to be a battle uh, uh, like a punchline on somebody absolutely um do you have a i mean do you have a sense of whether you would like to because there's different there's battle rapping that is this acapella style where just yeah. two people face to face there's people doing it on beat i mean is this has anyone challenged you i mean anyone... yeah i've been challenged before Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've been challenged before, but nothing, like, serious. I've been, like, at places, and people say they want to battle me, just, like, freestyle battling, and they lose, and that's fine. Well, they lose, that in, yeah. that means you battled them. Well, yeah, but I don't consider it a battle. When I think of, like, a battle, it's we're going to do it on a stage, and we're going to do it in front of people. That's a, like, oh. a battle to me. Not just we're at, a, we're at some event, and you just want to go out to the back, and, and a couple people have a come cipher around. Yeah, and... a couple people come around, and you start trying to like take shots at me, and then I just have to quickly you know, shut that down. I don't really... So you do quickly shut that down. Yeah, it's it's not a problem. But... You don't have any beefs with anybody on any of your albums, do you? No, not yet. I, I, I'm pretty fortunate. No one's ever... I'm never going to go out of my way to seek out somebody and to diss yeah. them, but I'm pretty fortunate that people 
that are in the area that know me know that I, that wouldn't be the right move to come oh. to me lyrically. Mm. So you do respect the battle of hip hop, though. I oh, mean, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's a it's competitive in nature. Right. I mean, do there's always a place for it to. There's the people who don't want to have that. They just want to make good music, and that, if that's what you want to do, absolutely. I want to make good music, but I can't at the same time. In my heart of hearts and my roots, I'm a very competitive person. Mm. And I have a lot of faith in my abilities and what I do. So if someone were to challenge that, then they're challenging what I've been building and cultivating since I was seven years old. Right. And I'm not going to have that happen. Right. Well, that's good. I mean, that is, I mean, to me, the essence of hip hop is to show your skill. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's graffiti MC and DJ and it is bombing, breaking, MCing and DJ. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's it's about how you display your skill and that you are worthy. Whether you're black, white, Latino, whatever, if you have skill, you will be respected. Absolutely, and you have to defend that skill. Um, I don't know that everyone nowadays believes that or follows that tradition or, or can do it. No, a lot of rappers can't freestyle anymore. Um, it's something that I've accepted because I feel like as, as it goes on as a, as a genre of music and it it seeps into pop culture as heavy as it has since the early since the late 80s on to now, it's becoming more of just a form of just good music to the point of it's not just about the aggression and the battle. It's more mm-hmm. so just about making people feel a certain type of way like almost every other genre of music is. And I feel like as long as there's still that place, still as long as I can still go on and watch like URL battles and still see that a part of the culture still around, and I can still listen to people like Royce the Five Nine and hear lyricism, then I feel like it's just fine. I have no issue with either way. Yeah, Royce, man, he can kill it. Oh, Royce is Royce is one of those people I listen to, and between him and Lupe, that I sit back and go, I'm never going to be as good of a rapper. Really? <laughs> I sit back and I go, like, I can listen to certain rappers and go, if I keep writing at the pace I'm writing. I can get to that level of writing. I listen to Royce the Five Nine, and I go, "How does he come up with this?" So who who else? Who else are MCs out there that you respect? So you said Royce the Five Nine, yeah, Lupe. I, I worship at the altar of Lupe. Okay, Lupe is ridiculous. Who else? Uh, I'm a really. Uh, I was big on Exhibit mm-hmm. when I was first coming up. I was a huge Exhibit guy. Uh, Lloyd Banks was really big on just making me want to write punchlines and things of that nature. Uh, Eminem, she, of course, Eminem. Eminem, of course. Uh, Ice Cube. Uh, was really really big as far as just everything to me. DJ Quick actually played a big part for yeah. me too. Just, West Coast, uh, yeah. yeah. I listen to a lot of West Coast stuff uh, coming up. Uh, big pun. I don't think it's enough credit. Ooh, he's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Even when he breathes at every <gasps> yeah, you could every hear lyric. You could hear yeah, yeah, man. He's he's working for the lyric. He's working for it, man. <laughs> um, KRS, are you down? I was not. I didn't get put on to KRS, man. Really? Yeah. Well, you got to remember when I was coming up, it was it was right. right in the thick of like West Side Connection. I was like, right. when West Side Connection was really getting huge, I was like six years old. But yeah, I got you. Wrong so, like, answer. I know. I know. He's. I know. He, I can feel the the heat in the yeah, room from man. that. But like, I mean, like my, the people who had me listening to the most hip hop were like my godbrothers. So it was just, it was it was Tupac. It was West Side Connection. It was still Biggie. They didn't know. Um, I mean, you can't yeah. blame them. They I'm didn't not mad at them. And then when then DMX hit and it was like a bomb went off. So everything, it, I was at those points when everything was kind of changing. It was getting further away. So so Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, oh, KRS. Big Daddy Kane. Okay. Big Daddy Kane. He still, you still feel everything just like Rakim. I still know that they are just huge parts. Let me tell you why I never really got as into like KRS-One as like, as like Rakim and like... Uh, 
Big Daddy Kane, even listening to some of the old Run DMC and seeing like feeling that because I feel like KRS One is still just he's still preaching to me right now. Right. And I listen to some of the stuff he's saying and I understand it, but then sometimes I'm like, you kind of got to let some of this go. Even though I just heard MC Shan just did like an eight minute diss, like he went yeah. on a radio show, and I thought that was hilarious. Did you hear KRS's response? He did a response already. Yes, it came <laughs> out. Know. It came uh, out five hours ago. No, I did not know. You did not hear it. No. See, and then I, at the time when I was coming up, he was beefing with Nelly, and I'm like, why are you beefing with Nelly? He like, crushed it. I was like, why though? It was like it was so like Nelly was the last person you should diss. That's not even a challenge. Like, why are you beefing with Nelly? Right. Like, I get I that. And I know that he says he writes a battle rap for every top like ten yeah, rapper yeah. every year, but it's like. Just listen to this. This is KRS's response. So what to happened? Shan? Yeah. So okay. you you know the whole story, I know the right? Whole story of his being right. Shan. Yeah. So it started off where KRS and Scholar Rock mm-hmm. went to the Mr. Magic radio show with Marley Ma, mm-hmm. and they would not play their song. They would not play that. They said it was whack. Mm-hmm. And KRS was like, and Scholar Rock were like, "Fuck that. We're gonna write a diss." And it was. MC Shan's The Bridge mm-hmm. wrote, uh, he had a lyric in there that said, it all got started, you know. Queensbridge. Well, but he meant that it, in his mind, he, it got started, meaning MC Shan and Marley Marl got started in The Bridge. That's not how KRS did it. <laughs> right. And, and KRS was like, look, we're not going to do it that way. And then he came out with South Bronx. Mm-hmm. Then they came out with Kill That Noise. Which wasn't very good. Which wasn't very good. And then KRS came out with The Bridge Is Over, mm-hmm. which is... And that killed everything. And that crushed it. Yeah. And after that, KRS talked about how even at some point that MC Shannon, you know, MC Shan was responsible for KRS-One's career. And he respected MC Shannon. They were friends. And they, you know, at one... I actually listened to an interview this week in 1996 that KRS said... He actually considered MC Shan a member of BDP. Really? Yeah. Because he was, I don't know, they were going to work together, they were going to do something, but KRS was, you know, had respected MC Shan and still gave a lot of credit to MC Shan. Well, if he didn't have this controversy with him, he would never be who he was. Right. Right. Exactly. And so he respected it. And he was like, look, MC Shan didn't even have to answer me and nothing would have been done. I mean, it was, I was nobody at the time. So there was a lot of love for MC Shan and Marley Marl, and KRS actually did an album with Marley Marl, not, you know, a couple, maybe 10 years ago now it is, which has one of KRS's best songs, in my opinion, Hip Hop Lives. So MC Shan and KRS have just, you know, they've kind of been... It seemed like it was over. It seemed it, it, it should have been over. It should be over. It should yeah. be over. It should yeah. be over. But um, apparently, I think... And I don't remember, but KRS was recently on the mic at a show and he dissed LL Cool J on a, on a freestyle. But, but I think it was a mistake. I mean, like if you, I've listened to KRS since ever, you know, and I've seen tons of shows and sometimes when he's freestyling, I mean, he's great at freestyling. But, you know, sometimes he messes up with a word and he says something and he kind of dissed LL Cool J. And uh, and then he actually apologized to LL Cool J. He's like, look, I wasn't, you know, it was just freestyling and something happened. I didn't mean it. I don't mean it. I respect that. Whatever. Apparently, he also said in that rhyme, and I don't remember it, but he said something that I took out Shan. And so earlier this week, MC Shan was on this 
uh, podcast or radio show, Murder Music or something or other, and he starts talking about KRS-One. And he's saying things that it was crazy. I mean, I'd never heard MC Shan talk in this way recently. And he starts saying, KRS never took me out. It was never a face-to-face battle. I would have never stopped. Marley wanted me to stop. I would say I got stuff for KRS-One. I would make his wife not want to even keep him in the house. You know, talking about his wife, G. Simone, and saying all this stuff. 30 years of pent-up anger. Right. It was like he was letting it all out. He's like, I got bars for him. I want money. But I'm not, I, I want money. We'll battle for money and all this stuff. And he actually, MC Shan... Then, uh, I guess later in the the day or whatever, they call him up, uh, or care, they try to the, the radio show calls up KRS. He says, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to respond, or I, I don't know what exactly happened, but it led to MC Sham making a phone call back to the station and saying essentially dropping some of the bars that he wrote against KRS and. He was saying in the radio show that I want to do it face to face for money with no beat because it's not about a beat. It's about the lyrics and my lyrics will destroy KRS and I've got stuff for KRS and it's going to be crazy. So this is kind of some I'm going to play you a little bit of what he said to KRS. Oh boy. Because you ain't never been no criminal and the damage that you do, that shit'll be minimal. Molly saved your ass because I could have did it back then and been serving time for life for killing your ass with an ink pen. Call yourself the blast master. Go ahead, cock that shit back. And the only thing you're going to get is this foot up in your shit crack. I'm just trying to stop these silly lies that you've been telling them for years and these words is coming out my mouth directly to your ears. And while you up there trying to reach your peak, trying to reach your pinnacle, I'll be still down here talking shit, saying shit that's cynical. Break it down and chop it up, break it off in intervals, and when they reach their final synopsis, they're gonna see we not identical. Now that I done chill, you think you the man of the higher arm, and I think you think you on fire when you're merely just a spark. Like I said, I could have duffed your ass 30 years back, but Molly told me to chill. Hold off your attack. I hear you, Chris, you claiming that you're the gravest of all times, but it sounds to me like you a nigga that suffers from Alzheimer's. But as with Alzheimer's, it seems to me you must have forgot that Shan is that nigga that'll blow up your spot. And when it comes to dynamite, I don't need Al-Qaeda to back me. Shan is that motherfucker is what I'm saying. Exactly. And the only thing that you've got locked down is your dreads. So you better stay calm, because I arm mine with warheads. Through the years, my flows have been known to blow gristle, tomahawk, miss so harmonious that the words make the wind whistle. I'm coming from beyond with a mental state of affliction and my misguided dialect will leave you in a state of affliction, pain, and constantly my diction reigns when I pour and I still want war. We can never compare, son, because you and I, we opposito. You love the way I flip it when I grip it because it's lethal. And if rhyming was your key to success, I guess you shut out. Now open up that gate and let that motherfucking mud out. Ain't no shame in my game. I still roll in Cadillacs and swing the battle axe and still remove niggas like you like cataracts never inertia always allow my mind to expand I'm in defiance and only men of science can understand I'm from the holy land and once I sip drinks from the holy grail doused the flames in my chest and stood on the pyramid's crest alright 
So that was two minutes and 10 seconds worth of some bars that he did over the phone to disc KRS. And he, because he had said, I've been holding this stuff back. I got bars for KRS. He then says this. I think this is going to end badly for a shame. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so that's uh, what he says over the phone. So the reason I played you two minutes of that, yeah, because KRS that that came out April. What what's today date? April eighth. So this April 8th. this came yeah. out at April on April eighth. I think he first made the appearance April first. Okay. MC Shan started talking about said I got bars. He dropped like a few lyrics against KRS, and then April eighth, this gets released which is his three minutes worth uh, or four, three to four minutes worth of just bars against KRS acapella style. Five hours ago, approximately, <laughs> KRS drops a free, and I mean free style, and it's free because it's on Bandcamp right now, krs1.bandcamp.com. And he drops a song called Still Hugging a Nut, which is Shan, S-H-A-N, Shan, Still Hugging a Nut. It's a minute, 58 seconds. So I played actually a little bit longer for MC Shan because I wanted to give you his full equal footing. Equal footing. This is what KRS comes up with to respond to this. Okay. So you ain't learned a lesson. You ain't learned a lesson. All right. Let's go. You got bars for me? Fuck the cash, my nigga. I'll whip that ass for free. Fuck a million dollar battle. I'll make your car rattle. You ain't making no money on me, slave. You a shadow. Me? I'm the free man. Where your show's at? I took you out in 86 and the whole world knows that. For 30 years, nigga, you ain't spitting no rap. Queensbridge hates your ass. You can't go back. You flow whack. And let me say this for my black kids. Technically, I ain't take you out, Shan. The crack did. So gather around for the celebrity roast. I killed Shan already, so this must be his ghost. I still got it and got it. Cause of you, the bridge was over. So Nas came back with Illmatic. You don't even rap good. Gee, you not hood. You the opposite of Nas. Just spell your name backwards. Shan. Still ain't get backwards. We got it. You still ain't get it. One hit, two hit, three hit, four hit. Shan, you need to forfeit. You already lost it. Face that shit, taste that shit. Hip-hop didn't need your career, so I erase that shit. You done. The only way you gonna win this battle is if you bite my name and call yourself Shan One with the W. But you don't even think that fast. I'm the first and the last. You the worst from the past. I'm the blast master, KRS-One. What's up? After 30 years, you just stand up? After 30-something years, you just man up? S-H-A-N is still hugging a nut. What the fuck? You call my wife out. Man, that's so whack. Blow, nigga, hold that. Blow, nigga, hold that. See, I be flowing like the ocean. You a crab. Now bow your head down like you was doing the dab. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Shan, Shan, Shan. Cam Archer, reaction. I'm just... I don't get what Shan was thinking about. Shan, he just sounded like super bitter. Like, it's like, it's like in the five heartbeats. You ever seen the five heartbeats? Mm-hmm. It's like when Eddie Kane tried to come back in the rain. He's all drunk and he's trying to say, I still got the suit, baby. And he still got the, yeah. like this. And they already have flashes like the lead singer. It's like, you got to let it go. It's right. over. It's, it's done. 
you lost badly. Right. And now you're back 30 years, 30 years, not like two years, not like three right. years, like 30 years later, you come back like, I only stopped because Mar- is Marley or is your, he's your pops? He, he told you to stop. Right. So you were scared. He's his DJ. You know what I mean? Like, I know, like, you you let him just basically sun you and say, no, right. you're not going to do that. Like, what? No. Son, for the next 30 years, right. I reprimand yeah. you from, from saying anything, anything in retort. Or having anything meaningful happen with your career <laughs> for the rest of this 30-year span. Right. And then you're going to go on another podcast and, you know, call in and rap like you're in prison. Yes. Like, so, <laughs> I mean. Uh, doesn't have enough gas money to you know, get to like, the studio. You couldn't get in touch with, like, KRS-One's representative and say, I want to battle KRS. Like, yeah. this could have been, like, built up on some. KRS actually did a Twitter poll and said, should I, do you hear MC Shan? Should I battle him or not? And, like, 35% was like, let it go. 65% was like, get at him, you know? <laughs> Of course, they wanted to hear what he was going to say. And yeah. he delivered a essential two-minute track. I mean, it wasn't even that long. Mm. He was like, I don't need that much time. He really doesn't. To mm. just fucking end you again. Yeah, I Shannon mean, just... I'm not battling you. I'm battling your ghost. Yeah. Like, I Shan wasn't even making any sense. He's like, you're going to be reaching for the pinnacle, and I'll still be down here. Like, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> like, what? Well, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you just waiting for him? Like, it, it, no, 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 no. So no, no, why no, didn't no. you get into KRS? I mean, this guy is fierce. Why didn't I get into KRS? I just, I don't know. There's something about him. I, I, I might have been right around, because when I started to like really like start to go back and listen to, you know, hip hop, that was, you know, obviously like quote unquote, uh, before my time of getting into listening to it, was right around the time I was graduating and I was starting to like reach back. And he said that... uh they asked him which album was better. It was when the whole 50 Cent Kanye West thing was happening. Right. And they said, what album was better, Curtis or Graduation? Now, I was a 50 Cent fan. 50 Cent, I listened to his album 24-7. He made me want to write raps again. But he did not make a better album than Kanye West did. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty unanimous from the people who bought it to the critics. Everybody knew. And he was like, I liked 50 Cent's albums better because it was about it was more about the streets. And that's what hip hop's about. And Kanye West doesn't really bring that in his music. And I was like, what does that have to do with the music? He just made, Mm. he's talking about his life. It's better that he's talking about what he's really doing than what he's not doing. Right. Because then he would just be a part of the problem. He would be a wankster, as 50 Cent would actually call him. And because he's not talking about the streets, his album is not So you heard Kara say that and that. It just turned me off to his whole Mm. mentality of what I should expect from hip hop or just in general. Interesting. I respect his whole career. Right. But I just, it just made me go, "I'm, I'm not really going to check for KRS. And then I would watch like the what's the beat like what's beef episodes yeah. and he was constantly on them. <laughs> and I was like, "Why are you here? Like, yeah. What's going on here?" Like So what do you think when you hear that stuff that we just heard? I feel like he knew. You could just feel the confidence in him like this is going to be so easy. Yeah. Like he knew this was an easy bag. This is yeah. an easy pickup. And he and I he mean, did the it. moves were made for him. Yeah, the moves were made for him. He just All had right. to use the bitterness of Shan against him. Yeah. I was actually wondering what he would do and I think he delivered. So I'm a I would have expected nothing less, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's talk a little bit before we wrap up here. Uh I got two more things to hit. Fife. You mm. down with Fife? Absolutely. What uh what did he bring? that uh, that has influenced you or that you have reflected on because obviously R.I.P. Fife, Fife died. And mm-hmm. by the way, if you can check for the Apollo 
um, funeral service that was done. I mean, Karras performed. You had Kanye on there. You had Andre 3000. Mm. Busta Rhymes was there. Q-Tip, obviously. Ali Shahi Muhammad. They were all there. Everyone was talking. And it was it was one of the coolest uh, things I've ever seen in terms of like the hip hop community coming together. Um, but reflect a little bit on Fife. I mean, quick side note to that was they said that they were they wanted to do an Outcast and Tribe Called Quest oh, album. Oh yeah, and that yeah. Was so depressing. Like, yeah. oh my god, would have been amazing. Mm. Uh, the confidence he had at all times. <laughs> Fife was never. You never felt like there was any self doubt in Fife. Bust a nut inside your eye to show, show you where, where I come, come from. from, man. Like he was just always just so confident, and like you had Q Tip who was just smoother with it and mm-hmm. brought more of like the this like the like the technical ins and outs of the flow switches and everything. And Fife was just like, I'm just gonna hit him over the head <laughs> like yeah. every time. It was you had to love him though for for his sport references exactly. too, right? Oh yeah, Bo knows this, Bo knows that, but, but Bo, Bo don't know Jack because Bo, Bo can't, can't rap. rap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, man. So he was he he was definitely yeah them and honestly uh, just as much like the Beastie Boys. So when so when when I had to deal with the fact of the deaths of anyone in the Beastie Boys, that was just kind of that was really, yeah. really sad. That was incredibly sad. When my, I when I was like MCA is dead, I'm like, what that. I listened to License to Ill so much yeah. <laughs> and when I heard that it was just like it was just mind blowing. Just yeah. Nah, man. I mean, it's it's true. It's like these MCs that that pass. I mean, obviously, people die. They live to die. Everyone lives, and you die. Uh, I one of the best tweets that I think I saw with regards to Fife. I forgot who it was. I think it was this comedian. I wish I remember his name because he was obviously had a great tweet. But he was like. You know, when people would tell me what they were feeling like when David Bowie died, I tried to agree and acknowledge what they felt like, but I really didn't get it. But then Fife died, and I totally got it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Fife was huge. 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 Anyway. Um, yeah, before we make our last public service announcement, so what uh obviously talk a little bit about the album where people can find it uh my album cocamania is available now on uh, itunes spotify google play apple music uh just look up uh, cam archer c-a-m-a-r-c-h-e-r uh you'll find the album you're going to see a drawn cover with something some black kid with a flat top and a luchador mask uh, that's you that is me i do have a flat top it's just i didn't feel like picking it out today but yeah you're rocking a 90 hat yeah what's that about yeah. i just i found this hat and i was like i like this hat so i bought it all right <laughs> it wasn't like i was just like i like this hat you got the african uh gold chain lion yeah i love lions okay lion that's a perfect hat for uh, a flat top yeah right it just it's perfect for it right 90 yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's uh i I love uh this hat so i bought it but yeah this the album cover just kind of encompasses everything within the album and things that i love whether it be 5.0 mustangs or pro wrestling with the luchador mask and mm. there's a whole deeper psychological did you just make a again. vanilla ice reference in my mistake god no not a vip reference <laughs> never <laughs> never a vip reference uh yeah 5.0 mustangs are pretty dope though <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you can find the album uh, on all, you know, streaming uh, applications, iTunes, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my single, Sailor Moon, you can find on my SoundCloud, uh, Cam-Archer. 
Don't know why it has to have a hyphen. I've never understood it. I need yeah. to answer SoundCloud. Uh, my website, thecamarcher.com, is going to be available as soon as I get done with the Sailor Moon video, which I'm going to be shooting very soon. Shooting a video to Ronin Zone very soon and also for Spring Yard Nights and did Dark you, Hair Girls. Did you give soon. me Twitter? Uh, at Cam Archer. Yeah. Um, right. I tweet a lot about a lot of random shit, so be prepared for that. Uh, Facebook, Cam Archer Music. Uh, Instagram, Cam Archer. Now, I'm also a hard copy fan, so yeah. if I want to buy, can I buy the album? Yeah. Hard copy? It's in my bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying it. My bag, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. What do you yeah. got? You got vinyl? It's back. I wish. Okay. <laughs> I wish. I'm, I'm actually, I want to look, I want a red vinyl of this album. What do you got? You got CD? I have CD. Okay. I do want to vinyl. Yeah. I want to do cassette too. I want to do a red cassette. Cassettes are coming back, man. They are. What's yeah. up with that? I love it. I'm happy about it. Cassettes I'm, are hard, man. I mean, I I'm, love a, cassettes. I'm a I'm a vinyl guy. I, I mean, my whole thing started on cassettes. I mean, I, I've got a nice cassette collection, mm -hmm. but it's just so hard right now because it's hard to find places to play them. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's easier to find a, a record player than it is right now to find yeah, a cassette player. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So um, I do want to... We got everything else. You got the album out. Any yeah. you making it, any shows coming up? I have a show tomorrow in Riverside. Well, by the time yeah, this, this airs, won't be, they won't know. It will be gone. So uh, beyond that, uh, right now, no. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I book shows too. So if you ever want to get booked for a show in the Inland Empire area, uh, catalystcam at gmail .com. Email me any genre of music, any genre. I book okay. out in the Inland Empire area. Uh, an event called Blue Chips. Uh, just started booking uh, booking that probably about a year and a half ago and I also do events out of the uh, the National Orange Show in San Bernardino mm -hmm. as well so uh, if you want to get booked and uh, display your talents hit me up if you need a host for a show hit me up I host shows uh, if you have any shows you would like me to perform at based off what you hear contact me I'm, yeah. it doesn't matter where I'm coming Good, man. Good. Mm. And uh, hey, you ever go down to the airliner? Are they still doing shows down I there? I just did the airliner probably about two three weeks ago how was maybe. it that was cool i, I, I opened for uh, daylight the battle rapper daylight was performing we opened for him okay uh that was fun I like when you say we uh yeah i actually had uh my boys with me kit was with me uh my buddy cj wesley was with me and my buddy true speech they all make music and whatnot uh you can find most of them with me uh we have a song called bar gods three there's a music video for it on youtube uh, just if you just like a lot of rapping in bars then you'll like bar gods three <laughs> yeah and uh if you want to find my previous project, uh, Stone Sober with Kid Dryden, that's also on iTunes. It's called Half Gone. Right. Just look for the Beavis and Butthead with one person being black, obviously. And <laughs> you'll see us. It was there you go. Obvious cover. Um, all right. So I'm buying the album before you leave. Yes, sir. Uh, I do want to get you freestyling about the latest sports topics, if that's all right. Because, I mean, we got some shit happening right now. We got Clippers locked in fourth place. Yep. She, by the way, you probably didn't see the game the Jamal tonight, Crawford did you? Three. Oh. I watched the, did you see it? I watched no. the, uh, the highlight. He hit a three in overtime. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it we was didn't sick. have anyone really playing. No, <laughs> yeah. nobody. He pretty much had almost He played 49 sitting. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We got Golden State trying to win 73 games. God, yeah. that hurts my soul. It does hurt. It yeah. hurts a lot. We got San Antonio. San Antonio, it must suck to be this good and be in second place. Yeah, to be this man. Right now. I don't think it. I don't think they care. We got. I'm afraid of that. We got mass. The Masters. Are you following that? 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, who's in first right now? Spates in first right now, but only by a stroke mm. on uh, McElroy. If I'm not mistaken. We got one of the best shots I've ever seen in college basketball. You know what pissed me off? I just missed that shot. What? I didn't get to see it in live time. I was pretty pissed off about it. But, but you saw it. Yeah, I saw it, but I, I wish I would have saw it live. Yeah, like I'm it telling live, you it was but. great. <laughs> I don't think you need to tell him. Yeah, it was yeah. it was ridiculous. You got opening day baseball. Yeah. Dodgers started so hot, and now we've mm. lost two straight. You got lots God of stuff Giants. to talk about, but I want to hit yeah. that on a freestyle. Before I do that, though, yeah. I want to mention something that I've become a part of, which is the Universal Hip Hop Museum. You know about that? And tell me more. All right. So the Universal Hip Hop Museum is dedicated to the preservation, protection, and advancement of hip hop culture worldwide. The UHHM, as it's called, was created to ensure that the culture, which began on the streets of the South Bronx in the 70s and then evolved to become the world's most popular art form, has a permanent place that it can call home. The UHHM is a place where millions of people from around the world who acquired their cultural identity and awareness from the power and influence of hip-hop have unfettered access to a museum that oversees the culture, cultural administration and curation of hip-hop and its legacy. This is a place that is becoming a place in the Bronx. They are looking to acquire and may have actually acquired as i say this i don't know the status completely but uh the south uh, the bronx borough courthouse the old bronx borough courthouse they're going to be having a meeting there april 20th um i don't know whether this will have aired by that time but uh april 20th to the 23rd and they're going to have a cipher where people come and talk about what they have visions for um, some of the people who are on the board uh, are Rocky Buchano, who is the chairman, the founding member. This is the dude. He is handling it. But Curtis Blow is a founding member. Hey. Grand Wizard Theodore. Joe Conzo. You got the Women of Hip Hop Committee leading up stuff with Bahamadia and Shah Rock. Shah Rock. Yeah. I mean, first MC, that's mm -hmm. a female battling. Mm -hmm. Awesome. She was good. Uh, on the advisory board, there's Ice-T, <laughs> Q-Tip, KRS-One, Big Daddy Kane, Fab Five Freddy. So this Grandmaster is... Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, I mean, shit, how could I forget Grandmaster Flash? Awesome, too. And a guy named Adam Silverstein. Um, hey. 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 Oh, hey. So this is legitimate hip-hop being curated, archived, protected by hip-hop. And it's looking to be where it should be, which is the Bronx, and then ultimately expand and become a whole cultural center for this hip-hop culture that we are a part of. And so if you have an opportunity, please check out the Universal Hip-Hop Museum. It's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's got a great website. They're also looking to do a virtual hip-hop museum where you can actually explore and check out Curtis Blow's studio with a virtual reality um, tour. Yeah, experience, a tour. So experience. experience. I think that's what they're saying. So check out UHH 
hiphopfm.org. Glad you said that, though. I think people kind of lose sight of the fact that hip, like rap and hip hop is the most popular genre of music worldwide. Yeah. Is really hip hop. I think people kind of lose sight of that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think the other thing is, is like NWA is going to be inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. NWA is not rock and roll. No. It's hip hop. Absolutely. Hip hop needs a place and it's not the VH1 honors. It's not <laughs> Harvard's archive. No disrespect to those those events or organizations because those organizations and events do continue to push forward the culture and that is much appreciated. But hip hop needs to protect hip hop. Hip hop needs to archive hip hop. Hip hop needs to basically teach hip hop because this is not a culture that needs to be taught by an organization that is not hip hop. An organization that didn't understand hip hop when it started. Right. Absolutely. And so if you have the core teaching, then the message is protected. The message is made sure that it's pure and that what it is, it peace, love, unity, having fun, you know, these are the type of things that the need to be taught the elements, the five elements of hip hop that, you know, the, you know, Kara says there's nine elements and I wouldn't argue with either of them, but you know, we're talking graffiti, MC and breaking, um, DJ and street knowledge, street entrepreneurialism, and these type of not, you know, elements that people need to learn and they need to be taught by hip hop. So that is the universal hip hop museum. Check it out. UHHM.com. Org. I mean, it's a 501c3. You could donate and actually get a tax deduction for those people who do, you know, pay taxes, Rob. I, and I did donate. Okay, good. There you go. So please check that out. So, uh, Cam, I'm going to get at you before we leave, but, you know, we'll get you a part of this too. Dope. This is really dope. So, um, sports freestyle. You ready to go out on this? Yeah, sure. All right. This is On Some Hip Hop Shit presented by Meltdown Comics. You can check us out on Twitter. It's at Some Hip Hop Shit. We're coming at you with love from the hip hop, the nerd world. All this is good stuff. So I'm not even going to say anything at the end of this. I'm just going to let Cam take us out with a classic Mm. beat. Thank you for having me, Adam. This was lots of fun. Yeah, Rob. You're the man, man. You're a good co-host. <laughs> well, premiere. All right, Cam. Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah, sure. Do you want me to like go in order of the Western Conference to start? Oh, do what you need to do, my man. All right, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just hit it. I'm in the golden state of mind, and what you find is I'm always divine when I'm like Curry from behind the three-point line. I molded up like clay, but the Thompson I'm shooting from makes them clear the way. Or oh, maybe I'm Draymond, that triple-double coming like any time, but wait a minute not, I'm kind of falling off. My Kawhi Leonard defense makes you wonder why I'm still in that 97, keep it real dense. Uh. Got the cornrows back like I'm Iverson, but it mm. doesn't matter, my team's always flying for wins, no flying spur, but I have heard that I'm Tony Parker in the lane, I quite concur. And if you take uh. it down under, hit him with the thunder, like I stole that from the Sonics, quite a blunder, but I'm KD, if you try to guard me, understand. 
understand every time I get on the mic I'm like seven feet tall and when I ball it's a UCLA brewing y'all cause I'm bruising dog kinda like Westbrook when he's got it all because I only got two things my pride and balls and uh. if we take it even down further than that I stay chipper I'm like a Los Angeles clipper off the oh, hip I here do we go. shoot that with the rhetoric that I spit like I'm JJ Red Dick efficiency level is ridiculous I guess I'm like DeAndre in that way no free throws necessary oh, my yeah, style game God. is extra critical they wonder if I can carry the team again off the top of my cuticles I'm something like Chris Paul but I'm alley-oop to Griffin off the wall dog Ooh. I'm pretty much a Griffin in myself because I'm a fly lion I don't need your help to succeed and even if we talking about the sixth seed that right now would be the trailblazers and indeed I'm kind of like D Lillard if they tried to ask what time it is there is no filler all killer and I'm blazing my own trail oh well guess we'll go to the east there's no fail I could talk about the Cavaliers that'd be Cavalier chilling in the back of the Lear if they disappear they might see me as LBJ I talk about my team but it's love all day and I don't mean Kevin I just mean that if we display our skill sets our team will be placed in heaven J.R. Smith off the top of the key from three if you need it it's necessary I'm jacking up shot after shot and I got the confidence don't matter if it drops even if I'm Kyrie Irving that means my handle's insane I could take it from the top of the key to the back of the lane to the baseline and then refine my lyrical ability to show you it's all mine and even if we kept that going, I mean, I'm kind of like the Hawks. If we keep on flowing, that means if they try to keep my meals from sapping, then I'm Paul at the top of the key. I give them action, maybe oh. the screen and roll to Kyle Corbin. <laughs> Don't need to set my feet, man, it's over. Jeff T get point running at any choice or any. I'm Dennis Schroeder, a little bit of German engineering like a Western. Oh, I mean a Volkswagen. My bad, I'm just bragging. Don't need to be sagging. I'm not lagging. Everything I do is high impact action. Hope he hits the Pistons. If we hit the Pistons, that means I'm the eighth seed, but I'm still winning. I got way further than they expected me to. Yeah. With that Stan Van Gundy, the post-game moves. A little bit of Andre Drummond. They're not running, because if I'm in the paint, then they know that I'm coming. I'm blocking at least two a game on top of 12 rebounds. Man, the stats are insane. Yes, Came they back are. back in like Reggie Jackson. They tried to back me up. You saw what happened. I said if you tear anything at the moment, like Brandon Jennings, then I'm back to the opponents. Uh. Even if we do that again, then I'm Tobias Harris. I'm the three for the win. How the Kings doing, by the way? The Kings ain't looking too hot, but I'm still boogie if you need a shot. That means I'm heading from the paint, and even if they try to have the coach tell me what I ain't, you're going to need restraints. You might have to suspend me, but at the end of the day, my pocket's winning. Rondo game. And if you don't catch that, that means I fake it out, but still got the range and the length for the layup. But don't ask me to shoot again. I got the people for that. That means Macklemore. No Macklemore, but if I bang out, then you know I will score. Even Amari Caspi from the back. I'm coming off the bench if coach you ask me. Tell me about the Dodgers, man. Opening day. I do, just a little bit. Man, an opening day, you know what I say. We put up 15 runs on them whack Padres. How you feel about that, Matt Kemp? You shouldn't (laughs) have left. You should have kept walking with that limp. We might not have traded you and maybe wouldn't have kept Ethier, but now he's on the DL too. It's just getting freaky. I don't know how they try the ball, but if I'm on the mound, then I'm like Kershaw. What up, Granky? I saw them runs you gave up too. You should have stayed in that Dodger blue. But if we keep on uh. moving to the team, I'm kind of like Corey Seager. The next rookie of the year, I'll make you a believer in my skills. Everything I display on some hip-hop shit on a Friday. Nice. Ah, peace. Yes, sir. 
This episode of On Some Hip Hop Shit was produced by Brandon Schultz and Adam Silverstein, engineered by Mason Booker, and recorded at the Meltcast Podcast Studios, Hollywood, California. They got street legends. Our theme was produced by King Smo of the Animal Crackers, and a special thanks Francisco, Gaston, Mark, and Mike Davis. Artwork by Self Uno. Tweet to us at our brand new handle at on some hip hop shit. And that is what's up. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.